What up? You're listening to Two Shots of the Line with Nick and Skur. I'm Skur. I'm Nick. What up? What up, everybody? It's been a little bit of a break for us, but we're back, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about. That dang uh, COVID. That dang vid. Uh, where do you want to start, Nick? I think we have to start right off the bat with the game yesterday. I mean, that absolute annihilation of the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. A 53-point loss. Um, I mean, I can't believe a G League team played us the other night, but, you know. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but, I mean, the Kings do have some good players on their roster um, that, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be mad if we got De'Aaron Fox. Did He, he didn't even play yesterday. He didn't no. even play, no. But, um, yeah, I think everyone on that, in that whole entire organization is just checked out, unfortunately. that, that They need an absolute upheaval of that team that team's bad coaching's bad players are bad management's bad ownership is bad yeah i honestly at this point i would just move the goddamn team yeah i agree there's a couple teams like that so there's the um sacramento kings and the washington wizards who last night also blew a 35 point lead the difference between in my opinion not to cut you off between the wizards and the uh, kings the wizards i feel like try you know, they spent a shit ton of money on Spencer Dinwiddie. They brought in Russell Westbrook. And I'm not saying they're a good organization, but at least they've been making the playoffs. And they have been trying. They've been putting money into assets. But the Kings, I don't know what the hell is going on there. Yeah. I mean, you got you traded DeMarcus Cousins, and the best you could do is Buddy Heald. And I'm not – Buddy Heald's a fine player, but he's not even an all-star. Right, yeah. he's He would be like uh, the Danny Green to any team. You yeah, know? Like, um, he's not even that good of a defender. No. <laughs> I mean, like, it's – and you're paying him like 25 mil a year. And De'Aaron Fox is a good point guard, but he's not a game changer. I know they're big on Tyrese Halliburton, but you're, now you're putting the fate of this team on a second-year pro. Yeah. So, who – I mean, he's limited to what he can do. Um, obviously, the Marvin Bagley experiment is not working there. It's all around. It's just bad. It's bad money after bad money, and it, none of their moves have made sense. Their coaching hires haven't made sense. All they do is they keep going for the hot name instead of actually finding a legitimate coach. Yeah, they're trying to like fill seats and say, look, we got this coach that our team's going to be better this year. But um, the reason why I bring up the Wizards as well is – um, I think it's time they just give us Bradley Beal. Um, <laughs> the reason I'm saying that, too, is, like, they're going to be, like, a 10 seed. They started off 10-3 and three at the beginning of the season. We thought they were going to just, like, you know, play really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't. They have gone, like, 23 to and whatever. They've lost, like, a lot of games. And, um, honestly, you could get rid of Bradley Beal and still be fighting for a uh, play-in tournament spot. Without having to, you know, you have the same pretty much roster, just minus Bradley Beal. You can get some assets back for it. Um, that and- team is screwed, to be honest, because if Bradley Beal wants out, he's going to call his shot. And the way this season's going for him, uh, he looks so he looks like he hates the Wizards team organization yeah. now. And that's an organization that he had nothing but love for. So, I mean, if he wants out, he's going to screw the Wizards in the sense that he's going to make sure that whatever team pay, plays, uh, trades for him, I'm sorry, they're, they're paying pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I've said for this whole time Celtics realistically could get him without giving up Jalen Brown. Yeah, at this um, point. Watching him play, though, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I'm starting to back off wanting him a little bit. I mean, I guess if you don't have to give up Brown, that's fine. But at the same time, I'm actually kind of worried about bringing him in because if you keep Brown and then you bring in someone like Beal, do you rock the boat? Because right now, and I, I wanted to hit on this too with you, 
The Jays look like they're, the last couple of games, they look like they're starting to figure out how to play together, and it looks like they're actually wanting success for each other. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw Deuce was running around the court the other day with a sign that says, vote my daddy into the All-Star game, and then pulls out another one and vote for Uncle Jalen, too. Yeah. So, I mean, and then between Tatum's 50-burger game, where, well, I want to... Against the Wizards. I want to get back into that in a couple seconds here with you, but, you know... Brown looked like a great complimentary piece in that game in the sense that he was helping feed Tatum and the ball was moving and Tatum looked like the superstar that he is. Mm-hmm. And then you look last night against the Kings and it was the same thing except now Brown's getting involved. So, I mean, if you can have a two-headed monster with the two of them, I'm not going to lie, Brown is still doing stuff that's infuriating to me. He'll get the ball in the wing, he'll drive into the middle, and get to the top of the key, he'll fumble around with the ball a little bit, and then he'll take a really badly contested jump shot. And it's like, can you just pass? And and I think it's funny, for Tatum being a year behind him, I think he's actually having some more evolution. Yeah, I can see that. Because Tatum has been passing the ball nonstop. I know the assist numbers weren't there last night. Because no one on our team can really hit a shot. But, I mean, Tatum is also, if he was a hockey player, he'd be racking up the points right now because for the other people who listen to this and don't know how hockey works, you get two <laughs> assists. You know, you have the person who passes it to the person who passes it to the person who scores. Both of those guys get an assist. Where Tatum, if he played hockey, would be getting assists on all of those because he's not necessarily making the pass to the guy who's making the shot, but he's making the right pass to the guy who then kicks it who makes the shot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm big on the hockey assist because it does help the offense move. And um, the thing is, is, I think Tatum has more trust in his teammates than Brown does. So Brown will drive it in, mm-hmm. and he's like, who am I going to pass it to? Who's going to, you know, if yeah. I'm not taking the shot, what am I going to have Marcus Smart just take a wild three? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, so I... I think maybe if we construct the roster a little bit differently, yeah. Brown might be more of a willing passer, but I feel like he knows, like, hey, I'm going to dish out the rock. I might as well miss the shot versus... See, I look at it as Brown trying to get his numbers. Yeah, I can see that, Brown too. Brown wants to put up the points because like, we've talked about this numerous times. He doesn't want to admit that Tatum's better than him, so he wants to put up the numbers to show he's just as good. Honestly, but, what I like about that is on any given night, if Tatum is having an off night, which does happen fairly often yeah. still in his young career, I yeah. mean, he's young, um, you know, you at least have Brown there to pick up the slack or vice versa. And I'm, I'm cool with that. And I've said it to you numerous times. The two of them theoretically should work together or I'm sorry, work well together. But I think it has to be some understanding of what the roles are. And again, if Tatum is off and missing a million shots, hell yeah, Brown, take over that game. You mm-hmm. have the talent to take exactly. over a game. It's just more along the lines of it working together and the willingness to want to pass. And I don't see that in Brown. I don't know if we're ever going to see that. Yeah, I don't know if his playmaking's quite up there. And I also think his defense is overrated. I think Tatum's been playing better defense than him lately. Yeah, this year he definitely has been. I agree. Um, at least last, you know, like handful of games. Well, ever since Tatum got called out for not playing on defense, even when his offense went down, Tatum's playmaking and defensive playing has been way up. He's been blocking shots, making steals. Like He's been all over the court, and he's showing that he's got top five-player talent. Yeah. With that being said, it's hard to kind of slot him in the top five with how many superstars in the league right now. Right, yeah. But if he keeps on the trajectory that he's going, to become more consistent, what I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I agree. And then um, the next thing I also wanted to talk about, um, our new acquisition, Bull uh, Bull. Both of them. You don't care if you're there about PJ. Bring him back, PJ. Yes, that's true. Um, very excited about that. Um, can't wait to see what Bull Bull does. I saw a video of him the other day doing a 360 windmill dunk. Bull Bull is, <laughs> and I've been saying this to you for a long time. 360 windmill. 
Bulbul is the kind of player who the possibilities with him are endless. We're talking about a guy who's 7'2", who can shoot, can dribble. Obviously, he can block shots. The guy's almost the height of the basket. Yeah. Um, it's like a mini taco fall. I saw a comparison. Someone said he ha- he's a combination of Kevin Durant and I can't remember, but it was like, I think it was Joel Embiid. Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid. Oh, my God. That's such a great comp. <laughs> but, but, like, it, it's kind of tough because, like, he's not nearly, he's not even either one of those players. No, not even a not. fraction of it. No. I mean, he's the size of Joel Embiid, but the weight of Kevin Durant. Yeah, and, the, like, the, the skinny arms of Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like the, the thinness, the slenderness. He looks like a stick. Yeah. Like, he's got no weight on him whatsoever, no muscle on him. It looks like he's allergic to muscle. Yeah. Does he know what a calorie is? I don't know. Uh, you know, probably not. We're going to have Seth Rogen have to show him some gluten there. <laughs> gluten! Gluten. Everything's a gluten, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's just I, – I was huge on Bulbul. I remember during that draft, I kept staring at the screen. I was like, Bulbul. Bulbul. I mean, we got Taco. So, I mean, like, yeah, I'll take I'll trade one sideshow attraction for another. But, like, yep. that being said, I actually think Bulbul, if you can get him in the right situation, some development – to get him in the weight room, you could have something like that. Yeah, him. especially how young he is. What would you say he was, like 22? 22, I believe oh, I, That's great. I thought he was, like, honestly, like 24, 25, so it's... I mean, there's some question about how old he is. Same thing with his dad. I believe there's some question about how old his dad actually was at one point in the league. Yeah. So that's... When you start getting the players who are from different nations, it starts turning into a little bit of a... Slippery slope. Yeah, because their records aren't as you know well kept as well, I mean, a, lot, you look a lot of at, other countries. You look at baseball. Half the players that came from the DR, and no disrespect to the DR, a lot of their birth certificates look like they were written in crayon. How many friggin' baseball players were like, "Oh yeah, I'm 26," and then you find out they're actually 32. Yeah. So I mean, it's there. This happens. You know, uh, it happens a little too much. It's kind of slimmer de- simmer down a little bit. But um, PJ Dozier, I think, is an absolute non-factor. Um, Bulbul. That might be interesting. Uh, you know, if we don't keep them, there might be a team that might say, hey, I'll take a look at him." Yeah, looking for some size. Honestly, I can see, like, the Charlotte Hornets maybe trying to get him. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe even, like, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Charlotte would be in a very good fit, especially with LaMelo, who likes to pass. Mm-hmm. And if you could do a pick and roll, kick it to him on the outside. That being said, that's why I think he's an interesting option for us long term. Because if he can develop, imagine him next to Rob. Yeah, that's what I mean. Or backing him up, like you know, and, well, or, so, or if Rob's injured, you, we have Bobo at the center. So Bobo kind of go is with the, a different identity. He, he's kind of the perfect mesh next to Rob in the sense that he's athletic, he can shoot threes, and he's tall. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the perfect thing guy you need next to Rob. He can run the break too. Oh my God! Yeah, the guy can move, and it's another ball handler out there. Yeah, and that's the, those are Rob's biggest shortcomings. Is well, he's on the shorter side for a center. And he, I mean, he can score, but he doesn't want to. So you need a more offensive-minded player out there with him. And if I mean, if you look at the deadline reporting here, um, it's saying that you know we're actually been looking at some offensively-minded power forwards. Um, that being said, is there any other player that you would like to see us make a move for? Any realistic rumors you're hearing out there? Um, you know, I'm seeing a. A lot. I don't know if you saw the reports of Marcus Smart telling everyone on the team that he loves them um, the other night. Yep. I think he has a feeling that he's going to be traded right before the trade deadline. We're just about two weeks away from the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think we should try to move Marcus Smart. I don't know really what like what's out there because I, I still am in the boat where we need a point guard, someone yeah. to just slow the offense down. When the 
the Jays aren't playing that great. Mm-hmm. You need to get the ball in a point guard. Like a Corey Joseph yeah. would be good. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't hate the idea of a point guard. I, we either need to upgrade point or we need to upgrade our four. Yeah. Um, it, it's got to be one of the two. Because I like Al Horford, but he has come back down to earth. Yeah, 36. I mean, especially this late in the season, his legs are starting to, you know. Yeah, and there's he's get not heavier. getting the ball. He's not consistent enough with his outside shot. I, again, I love him as a player. Um, you know, after his contract's up, if he still wants to play, I would bring him back in a heartbeat on a cheaper deal. Yeah, on a veteran's minimum or something like that. Hell, I'd even pay him like five to ten a year. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, he's not. He's still a capable player. Just in the making in the thirties, it handicaps your team what you can go with. Yeah, it definitely do. does. To be honest, I, I mentioned this guy to you before. Perfect fit, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, would be a perfect fit at that four. He's an offensive-minded player who can play defense, but he's not a center. Um, I know. I know. There's still Miles Turner as an option. I don't know how that fits next to Rob. I mean, I guess Rob could guard people who play the four because he can switch and he's athletic enough. And Turner is that three-point shooting, splash shot blocking center. Yeah. I just don't know if that would that combination would work. After watching the indie game, I don't want Sabonis. Yeah. Um, he got poked in the eye and balled his eyes out. <laughs> I understand getting poked in the eye sucks, but he. You play in the NBA. He like, cried gonna like a six-year-old who got his toy taken away. Yeah. And it, it was kind of disheartening to watch. So the only thing about Turner, too, to touch back on that, um, he was known to say that he kind of wants more of a role in mm. the offense. And I just don't know if that's going to work with the fit with, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I actually think it would, and hear me out on this, is because – if you could kick him to the outside and, like, that's what he wants. He wants to shoot threes. He'll play down low a little bit, but he's going to want to shoot threes. Yeah, he can spread the floor, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he'll get the ball, and he'll get his shots. And if he's winning, I think he'll be okay with taking more of a backseat. Yeah, role. true. Uh, Jeremy Grant's a name that's been floating out there. Yep. He is a guy that worries me trading about him for him. He's putting up massive numbers on a really bad team. Real bad. Yeah, and so that worries me. And because back when he was on Denver, he did he was like a seven pointed night guy, mm-hmm. and then when he went to Detroit, I was like, wow, that's a vast overpayment. And he was a good player, and then all of a sudden he started erupting, scoring twenty five a game. But Detroit's losing every night. Yeah, someone so, has to score the points on the team. Yeah, so that kind of worries me. And then he's also made comments he doesn't want to be third fiddle. So and that's exactly where he'd be. Because Jeremy Grant does not deserve to take more shots than Tatum or Brown. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, so. no. He, I mean, he could definitely be, you know, a good third option. Um, I've seen other teams floating around, like Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, going for the, the Jeremy Grants of the world. He um, wouldn't want to go there either, though, because no, he wants yeah, the ball. Exactly. The lake, he said no to the Lake Show. Yeah. Because he didn't want to be another option. Yeah, which is awful. Like, I mean, any chance you get to play with, like, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I feel like you should take over Detroit. Well, you know what that shows me? It shows me he's not a winner. Yeah. It shows me he wants the points, he wants the ball, he wants the, no the money. Yeah, he just wants the fame. He doesn't yep. want to win, and that's a problem. Um, trying to think who else I've seen out there. I know I've sent it to you before about Utah supposedly was interested. Yeah, the Mike Conley for deal. Mike Conley. Um, I can't remember the exact. I think it was Josh Richardson and Marcus Smart for Mike Conley. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I like Mike Conley, but he's 34-ish, I believe. And he's, he's a good player. I would never call him a great player. Uh, he's, he was very good for the Memphis Grizzlies. And he's been okay for Utah. Yeah. What's to say that he's going to all of a sudden be 
better here. But again, he's also older mm-hmm. and very expensive. So I don't know. Unless you can get him and then you can flip Horford for a, another four. Like if you get Conley and then uh, just throwing out this name, but you can go get Siakam by sending Horford. Um, I don't really see the value in that. Um, I have been thinking of another trade lately. I don't know if you saw this report. John Collins is very not our friend. John Collins. Yeah. John Collins is wants out of Atlanta. He's not happy. He doesn't. He hates losing. He hates the fit all of a sudden. I, he might be kind of the perfect fit. Yeah. He's a little taller than Rob. He's an offensive-minded power forward who can stretch the floor. He's and a rim play runner too. And he fits age-wise. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I, it's going to cost you more, and I don't know if they do it, but, I mean, any chance you could send Al back home to Atlanta for money purposes and then send some young players and draft picks for John Collins? Do you think the Atlanta Hawks would do that, though? Depends how disgruntled he is. Yeah, I guess that's and true. And the, the Hawks are very bad this year. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, you didn't hear anything about how unhappy John Collins was last season because they were winning games and they well then know, he got paid yeah and they locked him up to that huge deal yeah if you remember there's talks he was trying to leave him. yeah and then all of a sudden he re-ups and now they're winning and he's happy now they're losing and he's i mean i don't know why he thought he'd be the guy there i mean yeah you got i'm to... not a trey young fan but he's 10 times the player john collins yeah is. and he actually you know draws attention and moves the needle for your team mm-hmm. and you can build around him exactly um and I think that's a great fit, like for Atlanta, because he is—he's a fun player to watch. I really enjoyed watching him in the playoffs last year against the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. He's got that like, um, I don't care if you hate me energy, and he embraces it, and I absolutely love that. That's yeah. kind of like um, Marcus Smart kind of reminded me of that when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Now that he's getting older. I don't see him diving on the floor as much. Not really like you know he's, getting in people's yeah. faces as much. He's kind of kind of mellowed out, which is good. But like at the same time, it's like that's what he's on the court for. Yeah, where John Collins at least has offensive skill yeah i mean he's a guy too like we're talking about nights that tatum's off you know if there's a night where tatum's off and brown's even struggling a little bit you have another guy who can drop 20 a game yep so uh, that that would be a, a situation where and again i'm not saying that it's perfect and that they would do it but like you said horford for collins the money works up so i mean you could start looking around your team for young players you know, who are on cheaper deals. You know, we're talking Aaron Neesmith. Do you like Aaron Neesmith? He's a 3 and D guy. You can send him there. I think a lot of teams would really like to trade for Aaron Neesmith, yeah. especially ones that are rebuilding. How about Grant Williams? You can yeah. send You can send Neesmith, Grant Williams, Al Horford, and, like, two first-round picks for the services of John Collins. And I know people would said, why would Atlanta want Al Horford? He's old and he's not that good at this point. Well... That being said, he's going back home. This year is really the only de- year that he's going to have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And after next, after this season, um, you know, you can get rid of his contract and bring somebody else in. Right. So this could be a one-year, hey, let's give the fans a reason to show up. Yeah, so. and also, too, um, I, th- I think um, having a, a veteran in the Atlanta locker room might mm-hmm. help as well with some of those younger players. Um, that being said, I think um, I just wanted to mention that you know we have been playing better as of late, mm-hmm. um, but we have been really inconsistent. Do you think we're gonna have two All Stars again, where Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, or is it just gonna be your Jason Tatum in the All Star game this um, year? 
Brown's got a little bit of an uphead battle. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in, though. Yeah. Um, if there's an injury to another one of the guards, I think it's a lock. Well, KD said he wasn't going to be playing at all this year in the All-Star game because okay. he's focusing on his playoff push with the Nets, so I don't know if that frees up a space for Brown. I think if there's another guy who comes out, um, I think that... I think Brown will be a lock. Yeah. But I think right now it's up in the air. Okay. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I know Tatum for sure is going to be a lock, um, I think, anyway. But especially with, with the way the Cavs have been playing, they're mm-hmm. definitely most likely going to get two All-Stars. Yeah. Um, I think Darius Garland I actually and... wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs don't, because only because they're the Cavs. And I don't think people are watching the Cavs. I mean, how many times do you have teams or you have a player putting up numbers and it's because the league hasn't heard of them yet. Yeah, he and the, yeah, no. One, also, no one's like you know knows how to guard them or whatever. Um, but that that also. Oh, um, another thing I wanted to touch on too. While we're just talking about other random teams in the East, um, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls. Did you see the injury that happened to Alex Caruso? Uh, yeah, I didn't actually physically see it, but I, I think it was what Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen, dirty, right? Yep. Yeah. Figure. So um, Caruso was going up for a dunk on the left block, um, or maybe a layup. I don't know. It was a fast break play, mm-hmm. and he went and swatted at him, got him with one arm, and then came across with the other and just sent him flying. Mm-hmm. Just fractured his wrist. Um, he only got suspended for one game. I personally think, because he has a history, this isn't the first time oh, he's God, done it. Oh, God, he had a history of those um, in college. Exactly, exactly. So it goes all the way back to college. He only got suspended for one game. Yeah. And Caruso's missing four to six weeks, I think it was, or six to eight weeks. I can't remember the exact It was six, a while. Six, six I think eight. it's six to eight because I yeah. think it was two months is what they said. Um. So I just think that he probably should have gotten two games for that at least, um, especially given his history. He didn't even go over to check on him to see if he was all right. Uh, Grayson Allen knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. I, I mean, let's be honest. Uh you know, I liked him coming out of college. I thought he was a grit guy, but he ends up—he's kind of just dirty. He's just a prick guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I—I I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. And the, then the injuries, man—that's—it's a crazy thing around the league, and especially if it's a dirty injury like that. Uh, there's there's no room for that shit. It's one thing to play physical. But to take somebody out, that's just not right. Yeah, I mean, to purposely swing across at someone who's in the air, like, it's, it's the first hand was fine when he went for the ball. It's when he brought his second arm across and then took him out. And look, the game needs more physicality. I agree. I, and I, that's a different, I'm not saying that, but to take somebody out is just dirty. Yeah, it's I not... mean, to be fair, too, it has been a little bit more physical this year. Um, and, you know, I don't, I'm not one for seeing the NBA just suspend players um, for, like, a bunch of games. But I feel like if you are making a play, and it's clearly, it's clear that you're trying to injure them. Mm-hmm. Like you should at least get more than one game because, like I said, he has a history of this and everything like that. No, absolutely, and it's 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 such a pain to watch. Um, I mean, speaking of pains to watch, is what the hell is going on with our team? I mean, I know the last couple of games we've been coming back to life, but I mean, Tatum went for a stretch where he's what over twenty on three pointers. Yeah. Um, the bench has not looked good for most of the year, and I was—I really thought our depth was going to be a strong suit in this team. It's been bad. It's been real bad. Richardson shows up some nights, some nights he doesn't. Schroeder shows up some nights, some nights he doesn't. And Richardson, I, I'm okay with not showing up. Schroeder should be showing up more than he is. He's a guy who should be starting as a point guard in the league somewhere. Yeah. And he's just been so inconsistent. Um, I, I don't know if you've noticed, too. There's there's definitely clicks on the Celtics Yeah. Team. I mean, if you ever watch them play... Marcus Smart doesn't like giving the ball up to Tatum. No. He gives it up to Brown. And Williams a lot. But he does not like giving it to Tatum, where Schroeder never gives the ball to Brown. He always gives it to Tatum. Yeah. So Tatum has Schroeder and Richardson as his guys on the team, and then you have Brown, who 
who has Marcus Smart. Uh, Rob Williams is the interesting one because I don't think Rob Williams really has any issue with anybody. No, definitely not. I think not. he has an issue with the collective. I think he looks at the collective and says, this is getting old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I've been reading reports too. Um, and I don't really like him as a player, but I'm going to give him credit because he's taken his role and run with it. Grant Williams has been putting in the work this year, and I feel like I need to give him a shout-out for that. Yeah. Because I not I liked him when we drafted him. I thought he was a nice grit player. And then I started thinking the grit player was getting too many minutes. And but he's really starting to knock down that three point shot this year. He um, defends hard. He, he kind of is what hard. Celtics basketball is all about. Yeah, he's been playing hard, and actually, he's kind of. I feel like he's kind of made himself into a decent trade chip. Yeah, which is what we his need. value has definitely gone up significantly. I agree. And you know, it's one of those things too. I, I've been reading reports in the locker room. He's trying to rally the team, but the team just doesn't give a shit. From what I'm hearing, it's Smart and Williams are trying to get everybody going on the same page, be a collective team, and it's it just not resonating. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I, that is always the fear when you bring this many veterans in that are, like, Dennis Schroeder wants to get his. You know, he looks at it and says, I'm going to give the ball to Tatum because Tatum's probably going to take a quick jump shot, and I'm going to get that assist. Yeah. Um, where he probably doesn't think Brown's going to take the quick jump shot. Because he's going to dribble more yeah. and drive. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and t- uh, also, Schroeder's playing for a contract. Exactly. So that's and that's what I mean. Like, sure, sure, trying to get his. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants his points. He wants his assists. He wants his numbers. He wants his eighty-four million. Back. Exactly. He's not gonna get that back. <laughs> um, but you know, it's one of those things where it's it, it's starting to get messy, and you have too many moving parts, too many new pieces, too many cooks in the kitchen. I feel like. And I'm all for. I remember at the start of the season, I was so for bringing in veteran players finally. Because how many years under Danny Ainge was it, we're just going to play the young guys, we're just going to play the young guys, and it's like, okay, our bench sucks. Yeah. Like, we'd have one veteran on our bench, and the rest all be young guys. You need to have more of a mix. You need to have three veterans to two young guys at the very least. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Brad tried to do that this year, but and it's not obviously working as well. But I, I think that we need to find some kind of consistency. We need to find lineups that actually work. Or we need to start making moves, to be honest. Um, I like Richardson, but anyone who thinks he's going to be a, a consistent offensive impact off the bench, I mean, you're wrong. Right. Um, a name that's been floating around there, Terrence Ross would be an interesting guy to bring in. But then again, do you want to waste assets on a bench player? Yeah. When, when, uh, we need starters. We Ter- need starting help. Terrence Ross is on a good contract. He's pay- getting paid like $12 million this year. it was more than that. No, um, and it goes down next oh, year. It's okay. one of the rare contracts that go, go down, down, and he's an unrestricted free agent after that. So you could use it as a trade piece yeah. next year as well. And he's one of those guys, um, I think personally, who could just win you a playoff game because he oh, can go God, off for yeah. 20 and a quarter, yeah. 20, like 30 he's and a, a half, and just like you know, win a playoff game for you. He's the closest thing Ultimate to Jamal Crawford you're going to find in the NBA. He's yeah. a walking bucket. like Exactly. And when I say in the NBA, I mean in the sense that Jamal Crawford didn't really play much defense, wasn't really much of a passer. But a he's, six man. He's going to get you points. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Lou Williams. You know, that Jordan kind of, Clarkson. That kind of, uh, Clarkson is a little bit different. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that about Clarkson. Um, he's been great in Utah, though. I yeah, will say. yeah. He definitely has um, has uh, succeeded in the. It's crazy to think about how many of those players that the Lakers have drafted that are doing really well now. Oh my God! Like Brandon Ingram, I'm still not the biggest Brandon Ingram fan. I think he's showing he's still not a winner. But his whole game has just changed. I mean, I mean he looks like a better player. 
Um, who Lonzo Ball has been he's been oh, an yeah. unsung hero on the Bulls. Unfortunate he got injured. He's out to six eight. Yeah, he misses two. I mean, he's a guy I would have loved to see come to the Celtics. Yeah, he, he would have been a perfect point guard. Is, he's that's literally exactly the guy what we, we needed. Need. Yep, the floor general, hard defensive, great making passer. like long outlet passes. Imagine mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball throwing like fifty foot passes to Jason Tatum for an easy dunk. Rob Williams, those lobs. Have oh been my great. god, full court lobs. Yeah, my god. Yeah, and I'm not. And Mar- Marcus has done a decent job at that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but no, I love the. A smart uh, Williams connection. I think Ball would have been so much better. Agreed. Ball, I think Ball's a better three-point shooter. Yeah, his shot has improved significantly. It's ugly as all hell still, but it I works. Care. If it goes yeah, in, I don't I'm care saying. what... It, Sean Marion ex- I was literally about career. to say that. <laughs> the Matrix is real, man. Yeah, um, speaking of Lonzo Ball, um, I went to a Celtics game last week, and I saw um, his Lamello, younger right? Lamelo play, and I gotta say, so much fun to watch. Even oh in pre-games... God. That dude was weaving and wobbing through everyone, just out there having fun. And I can see why the Charlotte Hornets are doing well this year, mm-hmm. um, because that kid just brings everyone together. I wish he would and, stop talking, but he's a hell yeah, of a talent. Yeah, he's so good. Just watching him on the court, you can see he makes a huge difference on the court. And um, that game, I talk about inconsistent struggles for the Celtics. I mean, we, my brother doesn't watch basketball. I went with my brother, and uh, shout out Jonathan. And, um, he Latino was, man. Latino man, and he was like, why are they shooting so many threes? We kept shooting threes, nothing was going in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, and then to see LaMelo out there just getting his team going, making the right plays, mm-hmm. um, it's just so depressing to think Shh. that we missed out on Lonzo, the older version of that, who would have been perfect, right around the perfect age for our yeah. um, team. I mean, I will say, though, he doesn't hold the candle to LaMelo. No, definitely LaMelo not. is definitely the best ball brother. Yeah, for sure. He reminds me so much of Chris Paul. It's not, I mean, a taller Chris Paul. Yeah. He's a good defender. He can knock down threes if he has to. Just not as much of a prick. Is Chris Paul a prick? Oh my God, Chris Paul. Oh. Yeah, no one likes playing with Chris Paul. Oh, oh. they do, but like everyone says, he's. I just look like, at the players that say that about him, though, and I don't yeah. really care much for those players. Well, it's either. like the people who don't like playing with Kobe. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not going to show up, you're not going to put the work in. Yeah, you know, Chris Jimmy Ball. Butler was the same way. People yep. hated Jimmy Butler. Same. And yeah. Miami, by the way, number one in the East. No one's talking about it. Yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't even realize they're number one. Yep. I, I so they, just Chicago has been dealing with some injuries though. So. Yeah. And they had they kind of hit a slump there, which was bound to happen. I mean that team is perfectly constructed, but at the same, I think they lost Levine, and Levine's as soon as been they, out. as soon as they lost the Levine, they lost a key cog. the The thing with Chicago that that I think will might hold them back is they don't have a true superstar, in my opinion. And I'm not downing anybody on that squad. No, but definitely not. Demar Derozan isn't a superstar. He's a very very good player. He's not a superstar. Zach Levine. Very good player, not a superstar. I don't care how many whoop-de-doo dunkaroos he does. He's not a great player. Lonzo Ball, not a great player. Uh, Vucevic, not a great player. They're, it's a team full of very good but not great I players. Think, I think it's a team full of like B-plus players across mm-hmm. the board, yep. and they all want to play for each other. Yeah. They have a, they have just want to prove it this year. And this is like they're on a prove-it year. And yeah. if they're healthy, it's the perfect combination because everybody complements each yeah. other. But as soon as you take one cog out of that machine, it's not the same. Right, exactly. It, they're, just, they're just not the same team anymore. So that being said, they should trade us Lonzo Ball. <laughs> just to circle that back uh, yes throw in Patrick Williams while you're in it too yeah, please. yeah exactly uh, you know what I'll take DeMar too yeah. actually not the DeMar fit with the Browns uh, the Brown and the Tatum would not work very well no not at all I mean um, because but, he would take shots that actually make sense unlike yeah. those two sometimes yeah that's fair um, and then you know one thing I did want to touch on we have the all-star game coming up I mentioned it a little while ago 
Um, the interesting thing this year is the new uh, format for the Rising Stars Challenge. All right. Uh, let me go over that real quick. I think it's going to be kind of fun to watch. Um, so it's a pool of 28 players. Um, it will consist of 12 first-year players, 12 second-year players, and four top young players from the G League. Um, so that's cool. And then each team will select seven players in a draft, including one G League player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's going to be a tournament three game. So Team A versus Team B. Okay. That's the first game. And then Game 2 is going to be Team C versus Team D. The first game is going to be played to 50. Okay. Whoever gets to 50 first wins. And then the second game, it's the winner of Team A and B versus the winner of Team C and D. And then whoever, um, you know, they'll play each other, and it's first to 25. So okay. it's uh, kind of an honor of the NBA's 75th season. Um, so is Clay Thompson going to stand on the sideline pouting the whole time? Yeah, he better. He's just going to hold two sevens <laughs> up, 77. Um but, yeah, I think that, that has the potential to be really fun. And it kind of yeah. gives the NBA, you know, a uh, look at what, like, a midseason tournament could kind of look like. I, I, I like it. I, so I'm not a fan of the midseason tournament. I'll say that much off the bat. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but this could be, you know, an in, the could sway me tur- either way. The midseason tournament, tournament to me is a way that someone's going to get hurt, in my opinion. Um, but that being said, this at the All-Star game, and this is what I love about the NBA, they're always they're tinkering, but they're not over-tinkering. Excuse me. Uh, in the sense that they know the All Star Game was getting stale. Everything the same, doing the same shit over, 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 over again. Mm-hmm. It's stale, and they're not going to go the NFL route and get rid of it all just to have the game because then the game gets stale. Yeah, players don't want to go anymore because it's the same thing. It's a game that no one cares about. Yeah, you get to see your buddies and you know make super teams behind the scenes. Two max clots. Fuck right. you, Kyrie. Never forgiven you, motherfucker. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like they're they're constantly trying to improve. And then I, I love the inclusion of G League players. That is such a yeah. cool thing. And I, the same thing with COVID this year. And I'm I'm not trying to say COVID's cool. It's not. But it, no, COVID's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no. But the thing is, like, the, how many players? came out of the woodworks because of COVID and got a shot again. Yeah. Lance Stevenson is on the face of signing another contract, yeah. a long-term deal. With the Pacers. Yeah. What the, Lance Stevenson. Lance will make him dance. Who has been out of the league, you know, playing that air guitar at home. And, you know, now all of a sudden he's back in the league making buckets, making an impact. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see uh, Joe Johnson get another sniff in the league. Isaiah Thomas got back in the league with that. Boogie! Uh, well, Boogie was already back. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's a cool aspect where players have got to come back into the league that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And some of them have got to prove they, they still belong. Mm-hmm. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, he might have been going around to different teams, but teams are bringing him in. Yeah. So that is a nice sign, especially for him. And if you like Isaiah Thomas... You know, I, I one of the talk shows around here referred to him as the multi little peanut, which yeah, he is a multi little peanut, but you know he was fun to watch. He is he was so much fun to watch. Um, King of the Fourth, I loved it. But um, speaking of fun to watch, I wanted to talk about the Lakers, the Lake Show. You know, they had all these players. You know, AD, LeBron. They just needed one more guy. They had that trade worked out for Buddy Heald, who would have been a perfect fit. Agreed. Um, and then they go and get Russell Wilson instead. Who, or I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook. Uh, football's on in the background. Got a little distracted. No worries. Um, but you know, and I could have told you from the start. That's the stupidest trade. Horrible. When they had that trade worked out for Buddy Heald, I can't remember who the other player. I think it was maybe. 
I feel like it was Buddy Hield and somebody else. I think else. it was Harrison Barnes. I don't think it was. No. Uh, I can't remember, though. Anyways, they had that trade worked out, and I, I saw that, and I was like, well, Lakers are winning the chip this year. Yeah. Because it's the perfect guy. He's the perfect guy to have to put next with to LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, exactly. You know, LeBron, he's going to score. AD's going to score. But having a guy who LeBron can just dish the ball to and knock down an open three, which Buddy Hield's a great three-point shooter, that's exactly what LeBron needs. Yeah, the Lakers did not do a good job building around LeBron this year. Um, that being said, I watched the I watched some a little bit of the Nets game last night. Lakers Nets. Mm-hmm. Did you see the two steals in a row that I LeBron actually did, had? I missed the game. I was out cold. Uh, no worries. Uh, but yeah, he had two steals back to back against the Nets, where he just dunked it, and it was just hilarious to watch. And this dude's still doing it at thirty six. AD just came back. He had um, a little bit of an impact there. I think they're gonna chip their way back up the standings, and I I feel like they're gonna be very active at the trade deadline. They need to be. I mean, you can't. They don't have much team that doesn't make. Yeah, yeah, they're screwed in asset forms because they Mm -hmm. don't have draft picks. They don't have young players. I mean, their biggest trade assets: uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who and their twenty twenty seven first round, (laughs) (laughs) which actually has value. Yeah, honestly, like I don't think LeBron's gonna be on the Lakers in five years. Uh, I don't think they're going to be winning in five years. A hot take. LeBron James is... Tom Brady? No, I think LeBron James is going to set up his contract so he can go wherever his son gets drafted. Yeah, do like a one-and-one again like he did with the Cavs. When his son gets drafted to the friggin'... Orlando Magic? No, Sacramento Kings. He can go to the Sacramento (laughs) Kings and make that a legitimate franchise. Uh, I mean, there's no way he doesn't hold on to play with his son because he's so close at this point. Yeah. Um, a couple years away. It, and I'm actually excited for it because that's a really cool thing. I mean, I can't remember the last time. it was. A, I think it might have been Griffey. Yeah. With Ken Griffey Sr. Yep. and Jr. They like, both hit a home run in the same game, too. Yeah, like that, that would be so cool to see again. And I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan in the world. I, I'm not doubting his greatness. To me, he's the second greatest player of all time. We can get into this debate later if anyone needs to get into this debate. But, Hit us up on Instagram. We'll argue with you. Yeah, I, I just I think Jordan. There's no competition there. I'm sorry. LeBron James is a great player. Again, second greatest player of all time. Uh, I will say that over you know Hakeem or Wilt. I I'll, I'm Russell. Ru- oh, God, I feel like I'm gonna get gunned down in Boston for saying this. <laughs> Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, man, talk about two overrated players. The only six, eight black guys who are playing in a sport that's surrounded by five, nine white guys. No shit. They're going to dominate. Like, they are more athletic, taller, and, you know, you ever seen white people play basketball? It's not pretty. (laughs) Like, white people are not good at basketball. As a white man, I feel like I can say that. It's not fun to watch. I'm slow. I'm lumbering. I have to be tactical in what I do. You know, how many white people are that Peyton Pritchard? He's out there running around hoping that he doesn't get killed. Hey, he dropped 92 in a game. Yeah, against other <laughs> poly white people. <laughs> like, let's be honest. You know, and it's one of those things where, like, when you're playing a competition that doesn't, like, match up, of course you're going to drop 100 in a game like Will Chamberlain did. High on Coke, I think I read a report. He yeah, was, probably. He was fucked up, I think, on multiple games, and... Bill Russell grabbing rebound after rebound after rebound. Like, again, he's taller than everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm not trying to diminish their uh, skills or their talents because you still have to go out there and do it. But I definitely think the field is a tad skewed in that aspect. Um, but also, I don't think Russell's the greatest just because he has a bunch of championships. I mean, there was like 10 teams in the league, so I'm, it's like... I'm sorry, Boston. No, I mean, I get it. There, I mean, I lo- I'm happy he won us 11 chips. But, yeah, oh my god, yeah. I mean... How many teams were we, were there in the friggin' league? Like ten. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to get 
on brutal here. Larry Bird was the greatest Celtic of all time. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, I mean, the, the guy was a cocky son of a bitch, and the only reason he didn't play long is because he's an arrogant son of a bitch. Yeah, he's like, I got to pave my driveway in Indiana. And yeah, and he's too cheap to pay somebody. Yeah. Everyone wants to say, oh, Larry Bird, he's hard work, blue collar, paved his own driveway. That's what ended his career. No, he was a cheap son of a bitch that didn't want to pay someone it's to do It's the perfect it. Boston mentality, though. That's why everyone loved him here. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he was an arrogant bastard, too. Yeah. Uh, who wants to see me go out and uh, drop whatever tonight? And yeah. then he hits that and he goes, I'm done. Yeah, and then he's just like, I'll, I'm going to play this whole game left-handed. Yeah, um, the, the three-point contest. All right, who's going to come in second? And then he goes and wins the three-point contest. In a warm-up jacket. Yeah. Like, which the, is unprecedented Like, holy shit. I, I honestly think that guy could have played in any era. I really think oh, that. Oh, for sure. At one point, I would say, I was going to say, I don't think he could play in today's era because he's not athletic enough. But... You know, the more and more, like, the folklore stories you hear about him, it's like, oh, maybe he could have. Well, it's like Tim Duncan. It's like he's well, just fundamentals, got the fundamentals. Fundamentals don't go anywhere, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Those, those are, those exactly. are forever. So it's like Tim Duncan could play in this era and still dominate. Oh, my God. The bank was open 24-7 for him. 24-7. He was a drive-up ATM. Yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, guys, I think that's all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Two Shots on the Line with Nick and Skur. I'm Nick. I'm Skur. Please join us again for our next episode. Again, Instagram, follow us. Send us shit. Please let us know what you want to hear, what you want us to talk about. Um, and, yeah, you know, thanks for being loyal listeners, and we'll see you soon. We appreciate you. Peace. Doses.